This episode's brought to you by Notorious Fire Company. Firefighter owned and operated Notorious Fire Company manufactures and creates quirky and unique items for the fire service. Whether it's your stainless steel water bottles, tumblers, four-in-one koozies, you can decorate your emotional support water bottle with more than 100 different designs they offer so very much. From apparel to swag to stickers, they got you covered. Check them out at NotoriousFire.com. That's N-O-T-O-R-I-O-U-S, NotoriousFire.com. And check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotoriousFire. And this month with the podcast, if you use coupon code Fire Radio June 2023, that is Fire Radio June 2023, you'll get free shipping on all orders within the U.S. So check them out, NotoriousFire.com. Lenny and the crew, they're making great stuff. And I have to tell you, with the summer upon us, the sticker packs are out of control. You got everything from Star Wars to pinups and everything in between. Slap them on your beer fridges, your coolers, and your tumblers and celebrate the summer in style with Notorious Fire. A good supporter and longtime friend. We're happy to have him on the podcast with us. Check him out, NotoriousFire.com and coupon code FIREADIOJUNE2023 for free shipping all across the U.S. Hey everyone, Jeremy, National Fire Radio. Welcome back to the podcast. This morning's going to be a lot of fun. This is a brother that I got hooked up with in the last few weeks. I've been watching his stuff from afar for quite a while on YouTube. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Mike, you're sitting here like, when are you going to introduce me? What are we doing? Let's go. So, Mike Barella, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you for joining me on National Fire Radio. Thanks for having me on, you know, and vice versa. I've been watching you guys, you know, for a while, too, kind of spying or uh, stalking you a little bit. You know, I'm always interested in, you know, what other people in our business are doing uh, to keep it fresh and keep it moving. So, A hundred percent, man. I'm with you on that. Um, and that's the one thing that I, I very much uh, am proud of, in a way, with what we do is we're trying to stay on top of the pulse of the fire service and the emergency services, if you will, watching who's doing what and how it's being delivered. Right. So let's talk about this real quick. Mike Perello, 31 years in the EMS and fire space. Uh, you're in Pennsylvania, based out of Pennsylvania, but where you're, where you're known really, I mean, obviously, you know, you're street smart paramedic and you know, you bring a lot to the game there and you're, you're still doing street medicine. You were just telling me about a run you were on last night. But where you're really starting to gain a lot of traction and, and recognition is really you've become a YouTube influencer, which is wild to me. And I want to go down this road with you. And I say that because you're a little bit older. And so, you know, when you think of the the YouTube influencer, uh, when you think of people that are putting themselves out there, clipping up content and putting personality to it and really painting a picture of, of what your YouTube page is all about, it's typically a younger person. And so I, I, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. But the YouTube page is Heroes Next Door. Uh, you travel around. You visit different fire companies, EMS departments. Uh, I've, I saw you took helicopter rides in North Carolina. You talk about apparatus. You talk about police cars, ambulances, uh, you name it, everything under the sun, and then a lot of station or, or crib walks, if you will, right? Station cribs um, yeah. that you do too. And it's just a really cool channel because I think what's what I recognize most about it is it really is just a, an insider perspective and a conversation with people that are behind those garage doors in these different agencies to educate the public and even our own, even, even first responders, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, so on, about what's happening in these departments. And so I guess I want to ask you, like, where did this all stem from, brother? Sure. Um, it really stemmed from my oldest child getting married and bringing in another YouTuber. You know, he married into the family. He, you know, he's young. When I first met him, I definitely, you know, loved him. He, he's my son-in-law now. Um, I kind of teased him. I'm like, YouTube's not a real job. That's not a thing. <laughs> right. You know, he says, like, okay, well, tell me about what you do. And we got to telling stories just like every firehouse does sitting around the firehouse table saying, you know, this is what I do. This is, and he grew up not knowing anything about the public service, whether it's a police officer, whether it's fire, whether it's EMS, he was really fascinated on what we're doing. And one of the things that he said early on that surprised me is like, he drove to school every day and passed a firehouse that had a sign up that said volunteers needed. Right. And he's like, what does that mean? Like, how do you volunteer? I thought volunteers, 
you know, firemen were paid guys, you know, right, right. I, I don't So we had some conversations and, you know, one thing led to the next that he's like, let's develop a channel that shows the public what you actually do because TV is not reality. Yeah. They're cool. They see some different things. You know, the, the, the shows that we've had over time uh, have highlighted us Sure, you know, going back five times of emergency that got me hooked. Oh yeah. You know, rescue nine one one. But you know, today's shows that are out there, the younger generation has no idea what we do. And even some of the older generations have no idea what we do. Yeah. So with his expertise, is really where it came down to. I, I was in the process of becoming an EMS chief. I got my degrees. You know, I was heading down that direction. I spent my time. I, I paid my dues. He came in and said, hey, let's do this aspect of it. So he was kind of the, the brains behind the channel. Yeah, yeah, I get uh, it. Yeah, so he set it all up. He, you know, got But like, how, what do you know? You don't know any of that. Like, this is so foreign to you, right? I mean, it was a punchline to you until you had a conversation where he was like, no, I think you could do something here, right? Right, right. Yeah. So it was a very good pair. I had the connections, you know, being 31 years now coming into it, you know, I, I know the guys. I know what firehouses are, where the things are. You know, I go to the conventions and meet all the other people. You know, I had that aspect where he didn't have any of that. So by him doing the analyst and editing and filming and me being the front guy, it was a perfect combination. Yeah, It was a perfect marriage to, to get together and start this channel. And what, it, for me, the biggest passion and in our mission statement <clears throat> is we want to highlight the good things that public service do across the board, whether you're police, fire, or EMS, we want to highlight those things yeah. and encourage the next generation to look into it. So, you know, being 31 years into it, I noticed a decline here in Pennsylvania. I think we went from a hundred thousand volunteers over a 10 year span. We're down to like 30,000 volunteers in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I'm like, there's a problem here. What's going on and how can I help fix it? Um, so by using a platform that meets the next generations yeah. and, you know, to go across, YouTubers are our main platform. Don't get me wrong, but we do have the TikToks, the Instagrams, the Reddits, the you know everything else to to try to reach that next generation. Sure, hey, something that you should not only look into but look into a career. Take Philadelphia for example. Philadelphia, when I was going through my first academy uh, for my Fire One, they had an applicant pool of two thousand people to go through their next course. Right. Just last year, I checked into it. I'm like, how many applicants you got this year? And they're like, down to 500. I'm like, that's a huge span of people not even getting interested in the fire service. Yeah. I'm like, man, why? Why is that happening? So that kind of brings us all about two, you know, heroes next door. And the one thing I also wanted to do, which I did not see across the board, is I want to highlight everybody. I don't want to highlight just my own company. I don't want to highlight just an area. I want to highlight everybody that we can, because even though, yes, we do the same job across the states, you know, all 50 states, we do things just a little bit different. A hundred percent. Absolutely. We call, it, we call it a tanker. Well, a tanker out west is something that has wings. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. You know, a I've never heard of until I went across the Mississippi and I'm like, what's a tender? Yeah. You know, so chicken. Different kind of, we're doing the same jobs, but we call it a little bit different. We set up our houses a little bit different. And what works for me may not work for somebody else. But by highlighting some of the things that we do here and what they do there, we just say, hey, I had that problem. Maybe I can fix what we're doing here in my house because I saw it on, on YouTube. <clears throat> yeah, 100%, right? So, so many things to break down here. And this is what I love about this. And you and I have talked previously, too. Last week, we actually had a, a real nice conversation about a few different things because just to go back a little bit, right? So the cool thing about guys that are trying to make uh, an impact on the fire service and, and, and doing the right thing, doing the right thing is always doing the right thing. And when you're trying to find a part of the mission statement that states that you're trying to better the fire service by educating the public about, you know, possibly giving them the opportunity to become a part of what we do. Um, that's huge. Most people don't even understand the volunteer culture, let alone culture doesn't allow for volunteerism anymore. 
Um, And I've been thinking about this a lot, Mike, and um, I think about Mike Rowe, the Dirty Jobs guy, right? And do you follow him on social media at all or anything like that? So, yeah. put some of my posts up on his uh facebook page awesome right so what's and i didn't know that so that's really freaking cool that i brought this up then because here's the thing he has this incredible a couple rants that he has out on social that talks about how schools have limited the ability for kids to find avenues in the blue collar sector we've no longer given these kids the choice if they want to learn HVAC, masonry, plumbing, carpentry, and everything else across the board, we've taken those choices away from the next generation because we don't offer an easy avenue of learning about those things. Emergency services is right there with that. We've created a culture today where we don't promote volunteerism. We're not promoting the importance of civic mindedness. And with all of that, coupled with the lack of education for blue collar jobs, I think we are handicapping ourselves very much. And so we do need as much attention as we could possibly get to get back to educating people about what the volunteer fire and EMS services are really all about, which from there grows the foundation for which these people make a career out of it. Correct. Yeah. A hundred percent, you know, by just going out and volunteering at your local firehouse that you may not even know is there. You passed it probably a hundred times going back and forth to work. You know, you give them, you know, four hours a week, you know, uh, Monday night, you're going to go down and volunteer. That makes a huge difference, not only for the fire company itself, but it also makes a huge difference in you personally, because now you're, you're giving of your time, you know, time is money. You're giving of your experiences. You're going to learn things that you've never done before. Right. You're going to learn how the fire service operates. If you're not mechanically inclined, I guarantee you, you spend some time in a firehouse, you're you going to learn be. how to become. That's right. We're going to teach you. We're going to teach you. Yeah. And that's it's all about, you know, giving back to each other. And that's what creates that brotherhood across the board. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's so much there because I think what the fire service and EMS and police, like those types of blue collar emergency services based organizations do for people is it gives you a well-roundedness, right? Not only, not only is there academia involved, right? Because for EMS, you got to study, you got to, I mean, you're basically as a paramedic, you're, you're well, one step below, basically a doctor, if you will. I mean, you know, so there's a tremendous amount of know-how and education that goes into that fire, the same police, the same, there's a tremendous amount of academia there, but then there's that also that other side of things too, that teaches you the, you know, tries to instill common sense, teaches you um, how to work with different people. You become more diverse, right? We don't discriminate on our services. And so we're not pigeonholed into this one, you know, avenue of service or support. We do everything. And it makes you, I think the emergency services creates a better individual, a a much more rounded individual. It gives you a good roundedness to, you know, for life itself, you know, learning how different people interact, learning the basically even the sizes of people yeah. make a big difference in society. There are some areas I'm big, I can't get through. You know, I have to have a smaller individual to do that. On the other side, there's some things I just can't pick up. So I need a bigger dude that, you know, or girl sure. to pick those. Sure. You know, and having boys and girls and, you know, all nationalities makes a huge difference on how successful a company is going to be, too. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting, too, you you had mentioned this in our previous conversation. I want to bring it up because you have always been a hustler, right? And EMS, I mean, you've been doing EMS for over 31 years. Part of that, you became a firefighter along the journey because of the one department that you were with. And, you know, they were looking for members with and opportunities. And so you took that, right? And so, yeah. you know, it's it's makes you a well-rounded emergency service provider, right? But where I want to go with this is you've always been a hustler. And um, what through the conversation with me, you've talked about maintaining two, three, four jobs, right? Like that was important to you and you have work ethic about you. So I guess where I want to take this conversation is to the YouTube side of things, right? When you had that conversation with your soon-to-be son-in-law, now son-in-law, and he was coming from a platform of YouTube and understanding how that all worked, did you look at that and say, like, this potentially one day could replace the income that I've been doing with three other jobs? I mean, because at the end of the day, it's really, as much as you create and the mission is to give back, it's still a job. Sure, sure. It definitely is a job. It's a 40-hour-plus job. Yeah, it is. Talk about that. So um, we do have a five-year plan, you know, looking at how um, I can be reimbursed for the time and efforts that I put out there sure. from the events, 
um, and, and different sponsorships and stuff like that. I hope it becomes my full-time job within yeah, five years. That'd be great. Uh, that would that would be huge because that would allow me to go to more even more stations. Right now, I'm kind of pigeonholed because I do work full time. I do you know 24 hour shifts on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, a lot of overtime because we're always short, so I'm always picking up extra hours or mandated to do hours. Um, and don't get me wrong, I will never give up the fire or EMS services. I'm gonna do that yeah. whether I volunteer for it, hundred percent, or whether. I but if I can start to focus on the YouTube side of it uh, a little bit more with my time, I think that will only benefit benefit us even better. Because right now I, I can only go how much PTO I have. <laughs> I can only go to, you know, how how can I afford to travel to these different places? You know, our initial goal for YouTube is to do all 50 states in America. Yeah. We want to hit at least one fire police and EMS station. That's including Hawaii. That's including Alaska. You know, that's including everybody within the United States. We want to go to those places. Um, we need the invite. So if anybody's hearing and you want to be invited, you know, want us to come out there, send us an invite. Just adding to the list, Mike. I've heard how long the list is already, brother. So you're a brave, brave man. It's the only way for us to do that. I don't cold call anymore. I get it. Uh, you know, I, I don't weasel my way into any firehouse. I go by invites only. Sure. So anybody I see on my channel they've invited us in and, and that makes a big difference but um yeah i kind of lost my train of thought but no that's you okay know, youtube is is a full-time business there are so many things that have to happen from scheduling to your conversations to get authorization to film people uh and then all the, the the film itself the editors i have to hire editors i have to hire filmers um all the analytics behind the youtube YouTube is a constantly changing. Uh, it's alive. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like an ocean. If yeah. you sit in one place and you think you're just going to go out and you know float on a raft and do YouTube, you're going to be in Alaska by the time you're done and not even realize it. You have to pay attention to the flow of what YouTube is, all the analytics behind it. You know what what does a thumbnail look like? What does your um, title look like? How does that relate? Does it? You know, what are your viewers interested in? Do they want more station cribs? Do they want a station rig? Do they want to do, you know, a hero's challenge or something like that? You you have to listen to your audience yeah. constantly adjusting what you want. You know, most recently, the big thing, I, I do mainly long-term format. You know, most of my videos are anywhere from 25 to 40 minutes long. I try not to go any more than 45 minutes, but th that's that's been my bread and butter. YouTube turns around and goes, hey, we want to compete with the other platforms. We're going to start pushing shorts. Yep. I'm like, okay, what is that? You know, <laughs> what's a short? How do I do that? Yeah. How do I get that content in? And that's a whole nother uh, production process in order to get a YouTube short good. I'm still working on it. My shorts aren't great. I'm just kind of putting them up there. But it's, it's a new avenue that I'm starting to go down because YouTube is now kind of pushing that content. Well, I just went down a rabbit hole last night for a couple hours, and then I finally had it stop with the Instagram threads, meta threads. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at threads, looking at what potential we could do, because I think what has to be talked about, and this is what I wanted to do with you a little bit today, too, was I know a lot of people on here on the podcast, they come from all over, but a lot of the, the viewers and listeners know who I am and who you are through our social abilities, right? And that's that's hacking attention on the channels of today, right? Where people are digesting and, and is consuming the content uh, of today is on the channels that people are paying attention to. And so to do that, though, it's a like you said, a full-time gig because you have to understand that each channel is different. You have to understand uh, what channel each channel requires. But what you said... I think really stands out to me. You have to listen to your audience. You have to get a finger on the pulse. No EMS pun intended there, but I'll take it. Yeah. You have that to works. put your, right? you got to put your finger on the pulse to understand what your community wants to see in yeah. conjunction with what the platform is designed to do. That's not easy because as much time as you take to produce film and chop up and everything else you do, you also have to consume too. Yeah, yeah. And the, even within that, it breaks down even further. Yeah. Each generation wants to see something a little bit different. That's right. You know, you and I are on the on the opposite side. We're on the older side. We're like, oh, I've already seen, you know, 16 rescues. I've already seen those kind of things. 
But there's little things in those recipes that, hey, I never saw that before. 100%. Yeah. Where on the flip side of that, I have generations that are, you know, six, seven, and eight-year-old kids that are interested in this. And now I also have to make it applicable to them also. So, yeah, I may ask a question that I already know the answer to, but I have to ask that question because there are generations that are watching this that either, A, have never seen or understood what fire EMS is about, or B, want to get deeper into it and may become a career. So I have to tailor it to them and I have to tailor it to us and not make it boring so you guys can stay on, you know, uh, so everything in between that. Yeah, and well, you got to be conscious of your viewer and, and the person that's consuming your content. And so absolutely. And I watch some of your videos and it's funny because I watch how you phrase some of the questions. And, uh, you know, I watch the videos. I have to be I've watched many of them and I'll, I'll flip through them and I look at different points of it because I want to see like what you're doing, because part of consuming. Right. Like people don't understand. But like even with National Fire Radio, as much as we post and, and we do different types of content, I have to consume like three times more than I actually post because yeah. I really need to understand what's happening, where the shift is, where the momentum is, right? So that we can then hop on the momentum to be sure that we're delivering that content, our unique contents, because we do just like you, all original. Like I'm not copying and pasting anybody else's stuff for the most part. We're doing all original content, um, which takes even more work when it comes to the social aspect of it, right? Yep, yep. Now, the, the, the trick is, and the hard thing that we've had that I found is, YouTube really doesn't know what to do with us for public service. Talk about that. You know, police channels out there, but they show, you know, the shootings, the dramatic things and that kind of stuff. Right. I don't want, you know, I, I'm not about dramatizing what we do. I'm about showing you the reality of what we do uh, in, in a positive light to encourage the, the next generation. But if you really break it down and you start searching any of the YouTube, you know, fire stuff. There's only about 12 of us that do what we're doing right now on the, the YouTube platform. And if you think of that globally, that's huge because yeah. YouTube doesn't know how to push us. They don't know where to who who is our audience and that kind of stuff because there's only 12 of us really doing it. You know, and, and I'm going to throw some names out there because I think they need some recognition. Sure. There's Firefighter Now, uh there's Firefighter Chronicles, um, Firefighter Fenton, there's um, South Metro, they're, they're a big player in this, uh, Paramedic Coach, Prep Medic, you know, like I said, there's only about 12 of us out there that are doing what we're doing. Now, when you also start to, you say, hey, I want to do a station tour, you know, especially during COVID, you're going to come up with a lot of little station tours that each individual firehouse tried to do. Right. And don't, they did a good job, but they don't get any traction. If you look Correct. at their numbers, they're all getting 30, maybe 100, maybe 150 views. Well, why is that? Because YouTube doesn't know what to do with them. So by having a central location like <laughs> Heroes Next Door, that YouTube is like, hey, people are starting to watch this. You got 80,000, 100,000 subscribers. Now they, they start to, to, to pay attention to us. And now I can have a voice for those individual stations, even those small stations that sure. only have you know 30 volunteers or something like that, or those big stations like, you know, the Baltimore's or the Phillies or something like that. I can have the opportunity to express what they're doing on a platform that people will see rather than getting that smaller viewership. Yeah, I love that. But I think what which should be said too, which is representative of your, of your viewership though, is you are going small to big and big to small, right? Because the 30, 30 member volunteer department with a two bay, metal clad building in the middle of nowhere is 90% of the American fire service. I mean, these are people yeah. that are, and, and a lot of times you find that the people with limited resources are the ones that are seeking the most information, right? Cause they want to yeah. know how else it's being done outside of their small community. And that's what I found with our content is like, that's how we really relate is that we talk about career and volunteer as if it's the same because it's important to, to run that line that regardless of whose fire it is, still fire, right? Yeah. We still have the same job to do. And so we always have held that line on the national fire radio 
to talk about the job as just the job. And I don't care where you come from because at the end of the day, the public doesn't either. And so I don't, right? I think that's yeah. important. For you, the, the journey of all of this, talk to me about the first time you had to set up a station crib visit and you were like, oh boy, what is what am I doing? How do I do this? I mean, I got to think that this was so outside of your norm. Oh, absolutely. You know, now, part of it, I, I have been a teacher. I'm a, I'm a teacher for uh, paramedic school. So I'm comfortable in front of crowds. It's different when you get behind a camera because you get no interaction with that camera. When I'm up in front of a class and I'm teaching, you know, a, a class of 20, maybe 30 people, I get the head nods, I get the yes, I get the, you know, the, the interest and that kind of sparks you on to what your next question is going to be or what your next statement's going right, to be. Right. Conversation. When you talk to a camera, there's no interaction with that camera. So it's very difficult to keep that energy level up, to, to stay on track because you're like, <laughs> Listening to what I'm saying, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I just keep, I just go. I just go. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, sometimes people look at me with these faces and they go, what, how does this guy like keep it up? Like, you know, yeah. like it's just, it's fact. You just got to do it. Yeah. So our first one, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it was during COVID. So I got a hold of my company that I was working for. It was a part-time company. I had been there for over 18 years. Said, hey, you've got a fairly new house. We want to do this thing. I pitched it to them. They said, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Why don't you come in on a Wednesday night, film it, and go from there? Okay. They turned around and gave me a 15-page report of their social media policy. Policy, and how it yeah. Had to be approved and checked and did this. I'm like, if this happens every time, I don't know if this is going to work. You know? Right. But but they had no reference to what I was doing. They, did, they, they got the concept on paper. They got the concept from me talking but they couldn't visually see what I was trying to do for them. So I get there, you know, it's, you know, mid afternoon, we start setting up and then all of a sudden the volunteers showed up and say, Hey, we're going to be doing drill. Nobody has signed waivers to be on film. You have 15 minutes to shoot the entire episode. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Love if it. you go back to, the, to my first episode, I didn't have a uniform. I was just in a you know button down shirt and stuff like that at my company. I did that entire Station Cribs episode in one shoot. I love that. We walked right through. We call no it one take. Everyone one knows take. the rules. Yeah. <laughs> just like, just like uh, what's his name with the pizza, man? The pizza reviews. One bite, everyone knows the rules. It's one take. Yeah. Everyone knows the rules. Let's go. We don't have time for more than one take. Yeah. Yeah. So we did, and my editor was was phenomenal. You know, he took my screw-ups, my ums, my ahs, and edited that down. And, and, and you know, we got a pretty decent uh um, episode out of it for a station cribs. But, you know, when you launch a company during COVID yeah, and you're supposed to be traveling yeah. to do this. Yeah. Good timing, Mike. So I started, you know, in my garage uh, in front of the green screen, just telling stories of, of what my career was. I wanted people to understand who I am. Sure. It's important. Came, what I've done in my career. Uh, and then those that started watching started, you know, passing the word. Uh, I brought on different guests, kind of like we're doing with you today, just yeah. different guests to get a different perspective. I talked to a police officer. I talked to some of my old patients uh, that, you know, we were able to make a, a significant change. in. I've talked to firefighters. I talked to EMS providers. That's kind of how it started. And I, even though those don't have a ton of views, I think that got what people hooked. Sure. And then, then when the doors open and I can travel, and show other people, because it's not just about me. I, I never wanted the channel to be about me. Uh, but I did want to, you know, give you an understanding, a complete picture of what fire police and EMS is all about. Yeah, I love that. And I think the the backstory is super important, right? Because that's what tells the passion for why you're doing what you do. Because like you said, hey, I hope in five years that this is full time. People have to understand that this is not like becoming a YouTube sensation, a YouTuber, an influencer. It takes a tremendous amount of work and time. Yeah, that one yeah. viral video usually does not propel you to million dollar stardom. And that's what yeah. I think most people imagine today. Oh, all it takes is that one video. All it takes is that one magic moment and I'm going to become rich and famous. It just doesn't happen. Right. I mean, you can get a viral video. Of and, course. And do well for that, but it's not sustainable. That's right. So when you create a company, you have to have some kind of business plan behind it. You have to have a mission. You have to have a vision. 
You have to have goals each time. And if you have a goal of just being viral, you'll never make it. That's right. You know, can one go viral? Yeah. Our SWAT video is going viral right now. We're at almost 2 million views on that video. Yeah. Uh, it took a while to that. When we first launched that one, nobody watched it. It took six months before it started gaining any kind of uh, footage. And then, and then it just kind of took off from there. So be patient, you know, do your job, do, make sure that you're putting out good content, make sure your edits are good, make sure your sound is good, all the technical things that have to happen behind the scenes, and then the channel will continue to build. Uh, and if you can have a nice, slow, steady build, which we are, uh, it, it's more sustainable. Yeah. The one thing that my channel, I always, my personal goal, it's not in the business plan, this is my personal goal, I want to have as many views for the videos I put out as the viewers that have subscribed. Now, you know, cause that tells me whoever subscribed are coming back and watching my videos. Right. There are videos that I have way more views than I do subscribers. Well, why is that? How do I figure that out? That's, that's kind of the trick. That's the, that's the full-time job. Part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but if, if you can get, if you only have a hundred subscribers and you're getting a hundred views on your video, you're doing good yeah. because you're making what that audience that we talked about wants. Now, if you do one and you, you do a video and you get a million views, but you only have 10 subscribers, that's a viral video. That's not going to sustain. Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That All of it makes sense. And this is where you really get in the weeds with it. Um, this is where I don't do that well with it yet. Um, where our YouTube page is not our primary uh, content page right now for us, but we are focusing. Um, we will be coming back and focusing on that because we have a couple new uh, segments that are going to be coming out that are going to be utilizing uh, YouTube to its potential, I believe, and so on. So that's exciting for us. Um, but you do have to get into as you as you progress, you have to get into the insights, the metrics, and the craziness that goes into it. And like you said, that's the full time side of it. Um, for sure. Sure, sure. You know, the, the creative side for us, the, the creative and, and fun part, that's easy, man. Go out and visit people. You and I are doing a lot of similar stuff in, in some regards. Um, you know, and, and that stuff for me is the, the fun stuff, right? And the, but when you got to come home at the end of the night and then all of a sudden you got to unpack everything that you just did in the last eight hours or 10 yeah. hours, <laughs> that's yeah. the hard oh. part, bro hour shift once you get home <laughs> yeah yeah that too for sure well talking about the 24-hour shift so let's take this back a little bit 31 years in ems and fire um you know you are a uh you know you are an ems provider that does fire you're not a firefighter that does ems so yeah. your your priority in in uh in your profession has always been the ems side of things yeah and, I, and for those mm -hmm. members that our listeners that are listening to this now, there are two beasts out there. There are the firefighters that do EMS, right? EMS that do fire. Right. And you'll only know that when the tones go off and you'll see who gets up and runs to the truck. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. I think what's cool and where I want to take this conversation is kind of want to bridge the gap between your EMS, um, what your, your EMS street smarts to the YouTube street smarts. And um, I think there's a good bridge there. Part of EMS, part of emergency services is communicating and talking with people, getting to know people, yeah. learning stories, and learning how to communicate with others. Um, yeah. And that's that's not just verbally, but it's also physically, it's also emotionally, and all of that, right? So talk to me a little bit about your career over the years. I mean, I know you are a very street smart uh, and wise paramedic. Um, you have plenty of uh, experiences. I know you were a flight nurse for a while, to, or a flight medic for a while too, yeah. right? Um, which is pretty cool. So your your career is very well-rounded. How much of the experience that you got from the street do you bring into your YouTube channel today with how you're talking to people and how you deliver the message? I think almost 100%. Because when you're doing a patient assessment, you have to take in the environment. You're doing that scene size up. You're making sure you know, you're safe, your partner's safe, do I have an exit? And then when you walk in, you take a look at that patient and you're like, you know, are they sick? Are they not sick? And then when you start breaking it down and asking the questions, you're becoming that investigative reporter, you know, of that patient. You know, what started this? Where did, how long has it been going on? All those things that happen really translate into becoming 
a, a host of a channel like this because when I go to a firehouse, I need to investigate. Okay, where are you doing? What you know? How does it? What kind of equipment? Why did you pick this equipment? And ask those same kind of questions, just not necessarily healthcare related, but it translates across. I become that investigative reporter. Yeah, uh, it's the biggest way to do it. You have to be that detective on you know figuring out what your audience is in the moment because there are some fire guys that don't like to talk on camera or are very timid. And okay. And how, how do I adjust that? Do I lead the conversation? Do I let them take the conversation? All those kind of things relates back to what I do a patient assessment. If I get there and the patient just starts yakking and telling me, okay, I'm not going to ask questions. They're going to tell me That's what right. I need to know. Yeah. You know, or I get there and they're like, they're not telling me anything. Now I got to come up with those questions. Okay. What about this? How did you feel this? What we're going so that's how it all kind of relates across the board. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And that's why I kind of wanted to go down that road. And you get better at it as time goes on. I mean, you yeah. know, 31 years in the EMS field, you've got your tricks up your sleeve. I mean, you got your your shtick down pretty well, right, on the, on the street. And so, you know, um, I find it with myself, too. Like, I, I have created this way about myself that I can get information from people and know how to, because here's the thing, right? Like the art of interviewing, I'm not a, I'm not saying I'm a good interview by any means. When we do the podcast, what this is, this is a conversation. It's just me and you chatting, whether you were in a room with me or across the airways, right? Like we're just having a conversation. So podcasting is not very challenging, right? The challenging podcasts are the ones where you get three word answers from your guest and they're sitting there waiting for you to continually ask questions. When you do your tour, you do a lot of what I do. We prompt the guest because a lot of times people are talkative. You hit the record button on the camera and man, do they clamor, man. They just shut down on you. And then it's the goal of the moderator, right? The host to then bring it out of them, right? Yeah. And, and some are more challenging than others. You know, it, it, it definitely can be a challenge when you get that person because off camera, we're chatty cat. Yeah, right. We're back. As soon as you turn on that camera, they clammed up and you're like, okay, what happened to that conversation? Where'd you go? So, yeah. Just like an EMS, I learned different techniques on how to approach patients. You know, when I'm working with a pediatric patient, I'm going to get down to their level, right? I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to get down to their level. I'm not going to stand over them and tower over them and ask them questions. Same thing kind of goes happens when you're starting those kind of interviews. If you get into a, a situation where that interviewee is not answering the questions, you need to kind of come down to that level. Okay, let's slow this down. Let's. One thing that I've done is I stopped doing a walkthrough when I first get there because they would tell me all the stories that I want to put on camera as we're you know touring their place to give them a, an idea. I know it. Then also we say, okay, let's do this. Let's put it on camera. And then they either forget about it. Yeah. They climb up and you're like, okay. So we actually stopped doing an initial walkthrough. Like when I show up at your firehouse, I'm going to ask you not to talk to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, bro, I, I get that completely. I actually want to go the other way. We haven't done it yet. I want to go the other way. I want the cameras rolling the second I walk in the door because yeah. you capture the initial conversations. And before they know it, they don't even realize you're filming already. And you, yeah. Yep. It's the same with the podcast. I do I do a pre-conversation with every guest for about 10, 15 minutes before we go. And now that I've I've been, you know, 200-something, almost 300 episodes, whatever it is now, I've talked to most of the people that I know for the most part, that I know, like, have stories. So I'm starting, like, yourself. Mike, you and I have only met. We've chatted two or three times before this. We only uh, were on video last week together for an hour talking about some, like, uh, business stuff, if you will. But, um yeah, yeah but I don't really know you and I don't really know your story. So those 10 or 15 minutes up front, I usually is how many years in the fire service, how many years in EMS, what have you done? Highlights, blah, blah, blah. We try to get some bullet points for talking points, but I always find that that's the best freaking part of the whole conversation. I never record the pre conversation and I need to do that. I have yeah. to, I got to start doing that. Yeah. It's a big difference. Cause it's that spontaneity. Yes. And really, if you go back to YouTube, it's spelled, most of the big channels are a lot about that spot. hundred percent. There are some canned stuff like the Mr. Beast that do set up stuff. Sure. But if you look at a lot of the good channels that have been there for a long time, it's about that realism. They don't want a fake TV show. They can go to TV to do that. They want reality of what we're doing. You know, they don't want a canned show. 
per se. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So let me ask you this, the rewarding side of it, just like EMS, you have good nights, bad nights, um, you know, uh, hopefully more highs than lows. Um, and when you do have those highs, man, does that carry you for quite a while, right? You know, a CPR save, tr- delivered childbirth, something like that, right? I mean, a really big win is always very welcomed. On this side of things, I mean, you put a lot of time and effort into building out um, your channel. And uh, I don't know if that's how you refer to it or, you know, as you know, it's um, it's weird because I still struggle with like the personality side of it for me. Like, what am I? Who am I? Like, what do people see me as? You know, when I go somewhere like I haven't bought a beer in a bar in a quite a long time. I have to be honest with you. If there's a fireman yeah. in that bar and they know who I am, I, I haven't bought a beer in quite a while. But I do like to buy a couple rounds for sure uh, for appreciation. But my point is, is like you're starting to get some recognition. People are starting to realize who you are. You're, you're seeing it on your own fire and EMS grounds. Um, and now when you travel, people are, are going, hey, I know that guy. You know, you, you're the YouTube guy, right? What's that all about? Like, is there is that the, is there, what's the reward for you, that high? Like, it, it's, is it rewarding for you? Are you getting feedback from people that are like, hey, because of you, I did this or? Yes. So it, it's kind of a, a twofold it's embarrassing at some points because you're like, I've never been to Illinois or Ohio or whatever into the station and they recognize you and you, you feel almost embarrassed at times. You're like, okay, thanks. You know, and you, but on the flip side of that, we have now developed 206 stations that are interested in getting us filmed. And what happens and has happened is we'll take uh, access architectural firm that brought us out to Illinois. They, because they worked with me and we were able to see their stations they built, right. they got they got a contract to build another station in Baltimore. Awesome. So and they were you know they were in Baltimore going, hey, we don't know how to do this. You know we're looking at developing this. We have a small space. I was able to connect those two people. It's fantastic. And that's what it's about. It's yes. about the connection. Of people. I I like to be the rewarding part for me is when they get those connections. I had another guy. That uh, said, hey, look, I just retired as, I think, like a Wall Street guy, some business guy, right? He's like, I didn't know really what to do. I'm a fairly younger retiree. I think he was in his mid-50s. Yeah. And he's like, I still got a lot of life to live. What do I do? He started watching my videos. He's like, I had no idea there was a firehouse, you know, half mile from me. I now volunteer there because of what we saw on your videos, because of what you portrayed. I now became a volunteer. I'm like, that's what, that's what's rewarding. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. That's cool. So I mean, that, yeah, that those, is those moments. Yeah. I, I really enjoy those connections as well. I love putting people together and making magic happen. And then after the fact, what I really love is when they get put together and then six months down the road, you don't even know about it. And then all of a sudden it comes to head and you go, how that, that's cool. how do you, how do you guys know each other? They'd be like, Oh, because of you. Be yeah, like, What? Yeah. Like, how did that go together? You know? One of the most rewarding things, I got one more story. Yeah, for please. Don't, don't be, uh, this is your show, bro. Or this is your podcast. Let's go. This was early on. Um, we had a young fan, six years old, uh, has some autistic um, issues that he yeah, deals with. Sure. Uh, was having a birthday party. His parents reached out to me, an uh, instant message and said, hey, my son's having, an inst- uh, have a, uh, having a birthday party. He watches your channel. He loves what you do. Are you able to just send us something? I love like, that. Uh, at the time, I didn't have a whole lot of merchandise, right? I said, I'll, I'll do you one better. Let me go ahead and FaceTime you yes. and actually talk to him directly. I love that. On his birthday. They're like, what? You would do that? Yeah. And he's like, okay. Well, the parents tried to warn me. They're like, look, he's a little autistic. He doesn't talk to strangers. You know, so beware that you may not get conversations. So no problem. I've, I've, I've dealt with sure. with that. No problem. I get on this conversation. I'm expecting it to be a five to 10 minute conversation to say, Hey, happy birthday. Thanks for watching, you know, and encourage him. We go on for half hour of conversation. He takes the phone from his parents, walks me around his house. He shows me his Lego station that he built and does a station cribs episode for me from his Legos. Yeah. Yeah. And the parents, you know, yeah, I looked at the parents' faces and their, their jaws just dropped. (sighs) We're like, this is a, like, well, this is what it's all about. This Bro, is why what, I'm- what you did for that family and for that kid is uh, you, you can't put a price on that. 
um, for the parents to sit back and to see their child engage with somebody that, and that's the power of all this. Like when I think about it, a lot of our content's geared for firefighters, right? Your content though is geared for firefighters and, and first responders, right? And so on. But it's also geared towards that next generation of educating them about who we are and what we do and hopefully bringing them along for the ride. I had a friend of mine, I was chatting with him, I mentioned I was talking with you, uh, and I said, hopefully you and I are going to do a crossover event or two together, you know, and I'm looking forward to you and I getting something together on that. It would be a lot of fun. And he said to me, he goes, my son loves him. And I said, is that right? He goes, yeah. He goes, we watch his content together all the time because it's clean, it's family friendly, but it's real. Like it's yeah. not, it's not bluppo, blinky, boopy, whatever the frig these people are. Visits the yeah. fire station, and you know, uh, let's ride in an ambulance. Like it's none of that stuff, right? This is this is really edu- It's an educational tool, educating young kids about the realities of it in a very family forward way. And so many guys, I, especially my buddy, he said to me, he goes, I would much rather lay on the couch with my son and watch every single episode of Mike than sit there and watch Buppy goes to the EMS station again. He goes, yeah. and so he's like, tell him thank you for that. So I think there's something to that, right? The 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 content quality um, is important because you're putting that that receiver, those, those viewers in mind when you're doing your creation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, again, it kind of goes back to earlier conversation. That's the biggest challenge for me is I can speak, you know, up here. Yeah, of course. Our service. But when I, when I film, I got to bring it down. Yes. I got to bring it to that happy medium between those guys that have years and years of experience to the, to the ones that have absolutely no experience. Yeah. And because of that, I get some haters like, Oh, this guy doesn't know. What of he's course. Doing. Oh, this guy. He's misogynistic or he's that he leads the conversation. I'm like, they have no idea. What's yeah. Behind the that's how that works. Like, yeah. You know, and there's some editing that goes on. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's a great thing. And the, the one thing that I've most re- recently started doing to let these people realize that I'm a real person, this is not a production, you know, show. It's, sure. a, it's a real show. Right. Um, is I, I give them bloopers now at the end of my, That's cool. my video. I love blo- I love they, blooper reels. Yeah. First, you'll realize, you know, sometimes it takes me four or five takes. Sometimes sure. I forget where I'm at, you know, yeah. those kind of things. Because there's so much going on inside your head at that moment in time when you're filming uh, that it's funny. It's it's me. You know, I screw up. I'm, I'm like everybody else. I agree with you. And I will say this, too. I've learned that once I start screwing up, the whole day is going to be a screw up. I've learned that. Like, I don't I don't bounce back. I could go, like, 12 takes on one thing and then be like, all right, the day's done, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to be fumbling all day, you know what I mean? Or I have other days that it's one take literally on everything we do, which is cool. Yeah. You mentioned Rescue 911. You mentioned Emergency. You mentioned a few TV shows that were instrumental in your upbringing that kind of probably focused your attention to the emergency services, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you realize that you're becoming that as well? <laughs> no. I mean that. That seems weird. That seems Isn't it? Weird. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, there's, there's but, something uh, to go ahead. Go ahead, please. Do you remember the old TV show or cartoon show, Pinky and the Brain? Of course. And Larry, yeah. did you ever see the episode and Larry? Pinky in the Brain Larry. and Larry, they're they're a little messed up cousin. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I love Pinky in the Brain. I always have that Pinky in the Brain kind of thing. When I wake up, my wife asks me, what are you going to do today? I'm like, I'm going to take, <laughs> take over the world. world. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to do the one thing that I'm hoping to do, because I I am realizing this is a big platform that I can yeah. have a bigger voice for everybody. I hope that in the future, as we grow and we get that um, ability to influence across the board, I can then become almost a lobbyist for our service. Love that. Because overlooked within the government, we are overlooked across the board, uh, especially EMS. EMS is kind of the redheaded stepchild of the public for service. For sure. Say that because I've been in it for 30 years, but I still love it. I wouldn't give it up. Um, you know, fire and what we get paid, our hours and stuff like that. It goes back to the government and realizing that, you know, just because I don't transport a patient shouldn't mean I don't get paid. But that's the reality of what, you know, the Affordable Care Act says. And hopefully with us enough support behind me, I can then take that from all of you guys, take your guys' issues across the board and lobby at the government level and say, hey, this needs to be improved. This is the way, these are the things that are broken. 
in the 911 system specifically, and these are the way we can fix it. And I have the backing and the almost the authority from which you guys have provided me to help make that change. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's what I love about this, right? Is like when I mention those shows and then do, are you conscious that you're that potentially that innovative and influential for the next generation? I'd love that. But what you want to do with that social mission of it is bringing attention to what and who we are. And I think that's the greater good of all of it, right? If we want this industry, if industry, if we want this career to succeed and grow and flourish and to take care of our own. We need champions of us out there. And I think that, you know, people that are building that, Jason from Fire Department Chronicles, yourself, there's a bunch of other guys, right? Fenton and so on. These are guys that, however they're getting through, they're getting through and they're able then to become a voice for the emergency services to promote everything that we do. And so we need yeah. guys like you. So thank you for that hard work and that mission. And I think you'll get there with that. I think so for sure. Um, because you're not only will you become the voice or a voice, but you also have the people behind you. And so yeah. when you go talk to a congressman or you go talk to the governor or the lieutenant governor about needs, wants, and things that we have to do to protect this, you know, uh, this career, you got the people behind you and that yeah. matters. Yeah. I think that makes the biggest difference because I've gone to the state for our, our Commonwealth to try to make change. Sure. Uh, you know, back in 2004, um, there was a, a SWAT incident, you know, a, a police incident where EMS, uh, the Columbine related issues. Okay. Here in Pennsylvania, we had a, a shooting that was in, in the Amish community. Right. Well, there was no provision within the EMS service to have. EMS providers attached to tactical environments. There was none. So when I got invited to do this, I started petitioning to the governor, to the to the head of the Department of Health and that kind of stuff and writing articles and, and sending them information. But it was just Mike from Chester County. That's right. Giving him. That's right. It wasn't enough. But now if I can go back to that and say, hey, this issue, whatever the, the new issue is, is happening. And these millions of people agree with me. Now you have to listen. I agreed with you, Mike. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And and so we need stewards like you out there. Um, and so keep up that hustle. I want to ask you suggestions you have for people that are thinking about getting into it. You know, I think what's important is you mentioned uh, about 12 different pages that are out there across YouTube and so on that are um, actively pushing this job forward. Um, sure. You know, there's going to be others that want to get involved. Words okay. of wisdom, ideas, thoughts, things you learned from day one to where you are today. Talk, talk to me a little bit about what you need to plan for in the process and things uh, that you could suggest. Just like any other business across America, you have to have a mission and you have to have a vision. Start there. If you don't have a vision of where you want to be, and there's a difference between the two. A mission is what do I want to accomplish? A vision is how do I get there? Uh, you know, or actually it's vice versa, right? A vision of where do I want to be? And a mission is how do I get there? What do I need to do today, tomorrow, and five years from now? Have that written down, have that as your guide to start where you're going. Then when you start to, uh, produce and start to film, pick a platform. It doesn't matter which one. It doesn't have to be YouTube. It could be a podcast. It could be Instagram. It could be a TikTok. Pick that one platform to start on and use the other platforms to promote your platform that you want to use. You know, so for me at this moment in time, YouTube's my bread and butter. Sure. Uh, but I have all these other accounts, but they're there to get awareness, to push them back to the one account. You know, I'm using all those. Now, can I be, you know, can those also help you financially? Sure. If they grow big enough and stuff like that. But realistically, I'm, I'm, I'm currently trying to pull from other platforms to my one main focus at this moment in time. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely. I think, um, yeah, because you gotta be, you have to be everywhere in today, but it yeah. doesn't mean that the focus is everywhere. Right. Yeah. Like you, you, you yeah. find yourself. If you, if you do that, you, you won't be consistent on what you're doing and you spread yourself too thin. Use them, but don't pick one. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If you like YouTube, great. Use YouTube. If you like podcasts, do podcasts. 
you pick one and focus on that, and then it will grow. Yeah, the only issue, Mike, and I want your take on this too, is you can't romanticize about the one you're on. You have to be conscious of where people are are consuming attention, and if attention starts to shift, you have to. You can't be romantic with the channel you're on because you have to then also innovate and pivot with the swing, right? Sure. So sure. you yeah. you got to start trying the different channels that are popping up, but it doesn't. The all in method is hard to do on every channel. So pick your audience and pick the channel that best represents the content you're creating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it will change over time. And that goes back to the mission statement. You know, five years, we're going to do, you know, YouTube in 10 years, I may switch over to Instagram <laughs> and, you know, whatever the, that time frame is, and it can be shorter, you know, this month we're going to do, we're going to focus on this, this, not, but have it written down. Yeah. You know, us, we work off of, you know, what our mind is working on at the time. And we actually never put it up pen to paper or fingers to the keyboards in <laughs> and, and today's terms. It's been my, it, go ahead, please. Yeah. You, you got to write it down. So you have an idea of where you're heading without that. You're going to get lost in the sea, bro. This has been my biggest struggle over the last five and a half years with national fire radio is I'm a super creative guy. And so I put my ideas, uh, my ideas pop every day in my head. And then it's like, yep. I want to do this. I want to do that. We could do this. We could do that. We could take permission here. We could do this. But the problem is without a plan, right? It's nothing. Yeah. And uh, and so you need to focus. And focus is super important, uh, especially if you want to make this a go. And uh, and so focus. And speaking of yeah. focus, what's next for you? Well, yeah, go ahead. Second. Yeah. One thing that you said is you have to have those people. Surround yourself with the yeah, people that good. that you're efficient in. I'm very efficient on moving forward. Like I'm going to do the next plan. I'm going to. Sometimes I lose focus on creativity, so I bring on other people to have that creativity. Yeah, you know, I on the other people that I'm deficient in because we can't do it all. Make sure you surround yourself with the people that can help you be successful and know yourself. Know, hey, I'm a creative guy. My wife is a lot like you. She gives me ideas. I'm like. Yeah, that'd be great, but I don't know how to accomplish yeah, that. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, yeah. um, but she was that she's that creative one for me to help kind of come up with the different ideas. I actually joined a group called the Mind Lab that helps me with those kind of things to stay creative. So surround yourself with partners uh, to help you move forward in that and know yourself. Be honest with yourself. All too often, like, I can do it. You know, it's just a YouTube. Co no, no, it, it's not. You, If you want to be successful, you have to include others. Uh, make sure that they understand that you're the boss and it's your mission, your vision. But allow them to have that input. Allow them to have that authority to give you that creativity if you lack it. How allow them to do your schedule if you lack the scheduling ability. How hard was it for you to allow yourself to be vulnerable? Because once you put yourself out there, you open yourself up for all the criticism in the world. And there's highs yeah. and lows, right? I I don't listen to the highs or the lows because if you listen, if you ride the highs when the lows hit, you're screwed. Because if you yeah. if you believe the hype, then you're going to believe the hate. And so, yeah. you know, so talk to me a little. Was that hard for you to put yourself out there like that? Initially, it was. Yeah. It got focused on reading the comments. Yeah. And you know, I have a lot of haters out there that think I'm, you know, just blowing smoke up everybody's sure. rear end. Uh, I have, you know, but I have a lot of fans out there. So when I first started doing this, I would read on like, dude, maybe we need to change something. And this yeah. guy didn't yeah. like me. And they're like, regardless, he watched it. Whether he's a hater or not. Isn't that wild? Was, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, it's almost like that that uh, news media. Even bad press is press. Right. So yep. I had to kind of get into that mindset of like, yeah, I understand his criticisms and I'll still read through them. And I'm like, oh, he's kind of got a point on that one. But I kind of got to brush through those. Same thing with the highs. Okay, yeah, that's great. I'm not I'm not on a pedestal. That's I'm right. just like everyone else. That's right. You may be trying to put me on that pedestal, but I'm not. I'm, I'm the guy next door. Yeah. The hero. Or if you I will, love it. I love it. That's good. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just another human being. <laughs> make the mistakes. I have the troubles. You know, I have my flaws uh, that I have to overcome. And, uh, you know, learning to take those has been challenging. And know that when you start a channel, you're going to have both. 
and you gotta you gotta filter through them. Uh, some people just ignore them. Some people don't even read the comments. Yeah. I think that's a mistake. I think you have to interact with your viewers, uh, whether that's by text on commenting, whether that's by conversations. I do it both ways. When people want to call or talk to me, I have Discord to talk to. I have a couple other ways to do that. Uh, I think that's what creates that community when you actually talk to people. If you want to ignore it, knock yourself out. But you, I don't think you ever find when you talk to people, they go, holy crap, you're Mike. <laughs> Some of them, yeah. Right? <laughs> Is that the craziest? Yeah. It's the craziest thing in the world for me, man. Like I've, I don't. Know. I give my phone number out to everyone. I don't care, right? And yeah. uh, and to be honest with you, I don't think I've had a single instance where it was inappropriate or out of line, and uh, yeah. and and so on. And so people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe like uh, you know I'm talking to you." And I'm like, "Why, bro? Like I'm a fireman, man. Like I'm just like you. Like you right. know what I mean? I don't know. It's fun. It's a lot of fun." And I, though is we're 24 seven. Yeah. So I'm, well, that's it. Text, you know, even from, you know, the UK, I got a good friend over there that we're trying to get over and do some filming in the UK. Uh, we're at time, different time zones. So, you know, I'm up 24 seven on my shift. So, you know, I'll be at three o'clock in the morning talking to a guy on the other side of the world. Yeah. I so love that. having that conversation is pretty cool. Yeah, that is fun. That's a lot of fun. What's next for you, Mike? What, uh, with the platform and so on, any goodies you can give us or any thoughts or ideas where, where you're headed? Um, we got a couple big trips coming up. Good. Uh, we're always trying to get the schedule in, you know, it always becomes on, you know, can I financially afford it? Yeah. So working on sponsorships, if there's anybody out there that, you know, is interested in, in helping the channel out and helping us move forward to the next station, uh, sponsorships are going to be the key for that. We have ambassador programs. We have a couple different options uh, that will help us out. But we got a big trip heading up to Michigan, uh, way up into the UP. If you guys don't know what that is, the it's, UP, it's a eh? <laughs> the Upper Peninsula. Most people don't know that Michigan actually is almost uh, twice the size that it actually is. Right when you look at the map, they don't understand. There's a whole frozen tundra of Michigan above the above the lakes. Yeah, there's a group of Michigan that. Uh, Michiganders that live higher than most Canadians. Yes, it's crazy. So, it's absolutely crazy. So that's where we're headed next. And then shortly after that, we are doing a collaboration. We're doing a collaboration with South Metro. That's cool. Uh, Eric, their PIO, is a fantastic guy. We've had a lot of conversations. He's coming uh, on the show in August. He'll be on the show. And he's oh, cr he's crushing with his channel right now. He's got some really good stuff going on. So that's fun yeah. to watch. Do a collab with them coming up. So, you know, we've got some exciting things going on. But we always want to build. We want to do, you know, we want to do more. Uh, and it's just time, scheduling, sure. finance. Sure. Well, I'll say this. You're certainly making an impact. Um, and, uh, you know, for a buddy of mine to reach out and tell me that he enjoys the videos with his child, with his son. Um, that's what I that's that's it, brother. Like, that's if, if he's telling me that I don't have little kids anymore, but I'm sure if I did. I would be doing the same thing, man. I'd be laying in bed with the iPad with the with my son or daughter and and watching those videos. And you, know, you and I growing up, we did Saturday morning cartoons. That's right, hundred percent. Right? Why do I release at seven oh seven in the morning on a Saturday? That's smart, and that's all Saturday part of the game. Cartoons. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. You should do, brother. I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking now. Like you got, we're gonna talk. I got some ideas for you. Saturday morning cartoons. I loved my Saturday morning cartoons. Gummy Bears was the first one I would put on, and then it would just go from there. And I love Saturday morning cartoons. They don't even have yeah. it anymore, right? It's not even a thing. Well, now I'm, I'm hopefully filming that. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, brother. We could turn you into a cartoon character in a second. I could see that. That'd be cool. That'd be a lot of fun. Mike Borello, thanks for joining me today on the show, pal. Um, it was a lot of fun to learn a little bit about you and really the focus of becoming a, a YouTube influencer, man. And uh, it's fun to watch your channel. And I wish you great success and, and keep innovating. I'm watching, you know, I got the page up here while I'm talking to you. And, you know, not only do the station cribs and the apparatus uh, walk-arounds and so on, but, you know, now you're doing the Heroes Challenge and things like that, which is cool to watch. Um, it's always fun to watch people innovate and get more uh, creative. And as the channel grows, man, I wish you nothing but absolute success. And, uh, I look forward to working with you on a couple projects down the road. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Tomorrow I actually speak to a guy up near your way. So hopefully we can get a schedule worked out. And you and I will meet up sooner than later. Hell but yeah, man. Fight me on. This is awesome to talk to another guy. Yeah. You know, another
influencer. You're just as much influencer as I am. I think, so. um, and I was going to say that before, but you kept going. I, you were talking about Eric Hurst, and I just think, and I want to end on this. Um, there's so much room in the emergency services, fire service for me. You're more across the board, um, but there's so much room. Where I'm going with that is that it's good to be friends and associates with everyone. There's no competition here. We're pushing this job forward. And so when I watch people do collaboration efforts with one another, it warms my heart, man, because it's like too often in life there's always competition and not enough collaboration. And I think collaboration will win every single time over competition. And so, you know what? Keep working with different people. Find different people that are out there that have similar interests and go work with them. Get to know them. Befriend them. Uh, because I think overall life works a lot better when you find people you enjoy being with and pushing a similar message. So, Mike Barello, thanks for joining me, pal. I appreciate you very much. Heroes Next Door on YouTube uh, and on social media. Mike, thank you again, brother. Stay right here. I'm going to sign off the podcast, and I'm going to come right back to you. Okay, brother? Everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Mike Borello, Heroes Next Door. Check him out on YouTube. Give him a like, subscribe, share some of his videos. I'm telling you, it is a great approach to learning about emergency services and pushing this job forward. And like I say that at the end of every podcast, take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse and talk about it. Because when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. We'll see you at the next one. Thanks for tuning in. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.